I want to speak to you today about counterfeit Christians. This may be a shocking subject to you. I know it took me a long time before I really saw the scriptures come together on this subject. So many people identify themselves as being Christians. And yet, so few are. I hardly ever encounter anyone who is a real Christian. We put a house up for sale when I left Texas in December, well, it was January 2019. One set of realtors that we had both said they were Christians. I sent the writings to them at the time, but when they responded to us along the way, I couldn't see any evidence at all that either one of them understood the Spirit of God or was led by the Spirit of God or had God speaking to them in any evidential way. And yet they both said they are Christians. Concerning the end times, which we are in, Jesus warned us as follows in Matthew chapter 24. First, the disciples were glorying in the buildings, in the temples, in their, so to speak, church buildings. And his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily, truly, I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. You're glorying in all these things you can see, and yet everything you can see with your natural eye will be destroyed in the end times. That's what Jesus is saying to them. Peter said the same thing to us. We have several several examples. Uh, John said the same thing. This heaven and earth, as we know it, will be destroyed at the end. You can find that in Second Peter chapter 3. You can find that in Revelation 21. When God showed John the new heaven and the new earth that would come down from heaven where we will live, who are really Christians. But Jesus is talking to them, his disciples, about what the end would be. Verse 3 of Matthew 24. And as Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. 
first time I read this scripture back in 1975 after I became a Christian, I thought Jesus was saying, they are going to come saying, they are Christ. Jesus said, many shall come saying, I am Christ. But what he was telling us is they're going to come saying, Jesus is the Christ. I, Jesus. Jesus is the Christ is what they're saying. And they'll deceive many because they say that. Let's read that again, verse 5. For many shall come in my name, says Jesus, saying, I, Jesus, am Christ, and shall deceive many. They're going to come saying, Jesus is Lord. They're going to come saying, they are Christians. I just have people tell me all the time that they're Christians, and yet they can't understand Bible. They can't understand things of God. They show no evidence at all of being led by the Spirit of God. They are counterfeit Christians, and they think they're Christians, but they're these counterfeit Christians Jesus was speaking of that come to us in the end times. Reading this whole passage of Scripture again, the disciples said to Jesus, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And the first thing he said to them about the sign of the end of the world were these counterfeit Christians would come saying, He, Jesus, is the Christ, and they would deceive many. They're all over the place. What I've learned to do is let them prove themselves. Usually I can tell immediately when they're counterfeit Christians. When they tell me they're a Christian, of course, I want to rejoice. I hardly ever meet a Christian, a real Christian. They are these people Jesus is speaking of. Several years ago, one woman, Pam Paget, came identifying herself to me as a Christian. I watched her through the coming years. I observed her without really realizing I was observing her. We worked together on publishing books for me with Amazon. She did all the technical work, so I had many occasions to see how she handled problems. And what I found with her was the identifying factor that tells us she is a Christian. And that is when a problem arose, she prayed about the problem and she dealt with it in a godly way. She heard from the Spirit of God and dealt with wisdom concerning the issue at hand. Over and over and over, I saw this demonstration of her being a Christian. Another woman came to us saying she was a Christian. She was with us for 39 years in our little group. But she twisted things so badly. She couldn't get things straight. She couldn't get the truth straight. She couldn't get things straight. 
she was one of the counterfeit Christians that do not have the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 tells us how we recognize the real Christians. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Now what does that mean? Well, we hear from God. We pray and God by His Spirit gives us an answer. Do you see me being led by the Spirit of God? Those of you who've witnessed me, when we had a house for sale in Texas, and it was right in the middle of this coronavirus problem in the United States in 2020. And as all of these problems surfaced and all of the major sports stopped having sporting events, this was shocking to me. I'd never seen anything like this. And the business is closed. And I, I mean, something really major was going on in the world. And I looked at it, and it scared me. And I turned to God, and I said, Is there anything you want me to do about that house in Texas? It had been on the market for over a year, and it had not sold. And here we're in the midst of a terrifying period of time in history where you wouldn't think anything would sell. So I'm saying to God, is there anything that you want me to do about that house in Texas? And I was impressed immediately with this. Lower the price of the house and put a special price out there for one week. I contacted the realtor immediately and I said, lower the price of the house by $50,000. The house sold in two days. God had the answer, and he showed me the answer, and I believed it was God speaking to me, and I did it immediately. What is that? It's being led by the Spirit of God. It is being led by the Spirit of God who dwells in us. Oftentimes, I will say to God, what do you want me to write today? What do you want me to speak to them? And I will have a scripture called in my mind. Or I will have a dream called to my mind. Or I'll have a subject called to my mind. And I speak that to you. I don't try to be clever with you. I try to speak what I hear from the Spirit of God. That is a real Christian teaching. That's a real Christian. Paul said that about himself. He said, I don't come to you with clever sayings. That is in... 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I've seen people come with all types of clever sayings. And we laugh when we hear the clever sayings and we think how wonderful they are. But their clever sayings do not have the power of the Spirit of God. And when you think back upon all their years of teaching, well, what I find is I can't remember anything they ever taught. There's one woman that came to us many times back in the 1980s and she was said to be a teacher and she was very, very well known. And the only thing I can remember that she ever taught or said, and that was 
I heard her many times in that period of time. And the only thing I could ever remember that she said was her husband was a pastor and they had an open house and a covered dish dinner and she baked an eggplant type dish and took it to the covered dish dinner and tried to sneak it in where nobody would know that she had baked it. But one man took a bite of it and he was standing by her and he said, did you cook this? I mean, what, what does this have to do with building up the body of Christ? It's basically a clever story showing how she just tried to deceive people. And yet she became very famous on radio and television and went all over the world supposedly teaching. But that's the only thing I can ever remember her saying. It was a clever story. We laughed. But it didn't have the Spirit of God and the power of God in it. You can have counterfeit teachers. You can have counterfeit pastors. You can have counterfeit prophets. You can have counterfeit Christians in the congregation. But the one thing you know about the person is if they are really of God, they are led by the Spirit of God and there will be some place that they say, God showed me to do such and such and it worked. What all this is on the counterfeit Christians, it's Antichrist. The churches are filled with Antichrist, not just in the pulpit, but in the congregations. They come saying, Jesus is Lord, but they do not demonstrate being led by the Spirit of God. I have so many emails come in from people who identify themselves as ministers. And those same people, men, they will tell that they're building orphanages and that they are building old folks' homes and they're building schools and they're going all over the world and preaching the gospel. And one of them said he had purposed to give a Bible to every person who attended his meeting. And then they say, send us your money. That is not evidence of God working in them. That's evidence of them working, and it's evidence of them trying to do things, but it's not evidence of God. They don't come to me saying, God gave me a dream showing me to do such and such. They don't come telling me that God sent them to do these things. When God put me on radio in 1980, I was asleep in the night and something, a very, very loud trumpet-like sounding voice awoke me with three words, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on a notepad. I said to God, when I found out it was a radio station, I said to God, are you showing me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. I'd never even heard a Christian radio broadcast and still haven't really. And I heard from the Holy Spirit. I said I wouldn't know how to do this. And I heard from the Holy Spirit the following words. Call the radio station manager. Which I did that morning. And the manager told me, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long 
send it to us. And if you fit our broadcast uh, teachings, we'll offer you a contract. Within five days, I was on radio station KWJS giving exhortations to the church. Now, do you think that is being led by the Spirit of God? Well, of course it is. How did I start a blog? I had a dream. A woman was singing. And this was in the year 2012, March 2012. I had a dream and a woman was singing. And I said, that's a nice little voice. It's a little voice, but it's a nice little voice. And all of a sudden, I saw a blog. I saw that that is a way to communicate with the church. Within three days, Pam Paget had set up a blog. She's a former computer programmer at FedEx. And she set up a blog, and we were publishing on that blog. Now, does that sound like the Spirit of God to you? Another example, podcast. In January 2020, Pam was awakened one morning with the word podcast. She told me that she grabbed her Kindle even before she got out of bed and looked up podcasts to see what it was. I had heard of it, but I didn't know what it was. I was at that time praying about going back on radio. Pam told me about podcast and what it is, and I said, that sounds good. Uh, let Tell me about this. And when I learned about what a podcast was, I was persuaded. That was the direction I wanted to go, was podcast. And the direction that God was leading me to go. And then he gave me a dream. After Even after that, he gave me a dream. And he showed me all these starving kittens. And they were at my door. And I knew that I had to feed them. And I said to God when I awoke the next morning, what, is, what does this mean? What are all these starving kittens? And I had brought to my mind the church. Feed the church. Now, are these examples of being led by the Spirit of God? Well, of course they are. But they come to me with something totally different. Whether they're in the congregation or whether they're in the pulpit, they come to me saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm a Christian, I was baptized. But they don't have the Spirit of God leading them. They don't have the evidence there of God leading them by His Spirit. There was one woman who was in our church group who called me and asked me to help her hunt a light fixture for her dining room. I agreed to do that. I met her at the electrical shop. We went in the front door of the shop, and immediately I saw a light fixture that was would work in her house. But I didn't want to tell her that. It's her house. I wanted her to choose. She looked all around the store, and I just sat at the desk area and waited for her. She came back after she had looked at everything. I said, well, did you find anything you liked? And she said, no, no, I didn't. And I looked at the picture I had seen, and I said, that would work. She said, oh, it would work. And she bought it. We got out to the car, and I, or at some point, I asked her, I said, did you 
pray about that before we went to look at that light fixture? And she said, no, because I knew you would. She's not with us anymore. God gave me an amazing vision of this woman. I had just had surgery after falling in uh, on December 6th, 2018. I had fallen at my house and had surgery, I think, three days later after the fall. And they were giving me pain medicine, and I thought I was having an hallucination. But what I was having was an open vision. God showed me this church woman standing at the foot of my hospital bed. She was wearing a bright red shirt, and she was looking directly at me. She said not one word, but she just turned and disappeared, walked through the wall. I thought it was a drug hallucination. About two weeks later, that exact thing happened in real life. She had come to the rehabilitation hospital, and she sat down and looked at me and said, I found I no longer care about anything anymore. I don't care. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to read the blog. I don't care about anyone or anything anymore. I said, oh, but what will happen to you if you go that way? She said, I don't want to talk to you about this. And she basically snuck out of the hospital room. She went into the bathroom, and a nurse's aide came in to do something with me. And I called to this woman. I said, don't leave, don't leave. Wait until she leaves. I want to talk to you. She snuck out while the nurse's aide was working with me. Later, she tried to come back. She said, I had no mercy toward you at all. But see, what had happened is God showed me that was going to happen with her. I knew it was over. Counterfeit Christians. I told her, I said, you have troubled me for 39 years. Please don't worry about this because, frankly, it's really a relief to me to have you gone. Counterfeit Christians. I don't want them around me. The ones who I'm speaking to are the ones who have the Spirit of God. The others will leave. John spoke about them in 1 John chapter 2. Even in his time, there were counterfeit Christians. Even as early as John. John said... Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists. Antichrist is not one man. It's just like the devil is not one devil. The devil is in multiple people at the same time. It's a spirit. Antichrist is the same. It's a spirit in people. There are many Antichrists, says John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, 
they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Oh, I've had so many people in the past 45 years who have come to me and been in our group and have read our material, listened to the recordings, listened to the radio broadcasts, listened to the podcasts now, and have said they are Christians, and they stay for a while and then they disappear. That's what John is talking about. They'll stay in the counterfeit churches who tell them, oh, it's okay if you divorce and remarry, because that's what they want to do. Or they'll say, okay, it's okay if you're a homosexual, because that's what they are or want to do. But the real Christians, they know things are wrong in the churches. These are the people that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24 when he told his disciples many would come saying that he, Jesus, is Lord and they would deceive many into thinking they are Christians. They come identifying themselves as Christians. They seem to be of God. But in time, we see they do not follow the Spirit of God but follow their own wisdom. Eventually, they leave us. There was a woman who identified herself as being a Messianic Jew. I didn't speak with her personally, but Pam Paget did, and she told me about it. This woman had a boyfriend, and Pam gave her the scriptures on the subject of if a divorced woman remarries, she commits adultery. And this woman said something to her like, I'm a Messianic Jew. We have our own doctrine. In other words, we don't go by the Bible. We have our own doctrine. I was so shocked. Several weeks after that, I sent her something I had written. And she contacted me and said, what does this mean? I don't know what this means. And I said, well, it's glorifying God. It's showing God and the works of God. She said, does this mean that your house sold? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I said, no, I'm showing the works of God in the selling of the house, that it was God working. And I, I didn't tell her personally. I've never talked to her at all. I just sent her that by email. But that's one of these people Jesus was talking about. They can't understand what we're saying. They go by their own rules. They don't understand the scriptures, though they sit in church and seem to be one of us. That's who John is talking about in 1 John chapter 2 when he said there are many antichrists. They come among us, but eventually they leave us, and it shows that they weren't really of us. Jesus even told us that few would find the way of life. Matthew chapter 7, start at verse 13. Jesus says, Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, 
and few there be that find it. Those people who are really of God, they're going to go in the way of specific scriptures. I left the first church I ever left as a new Christian. They were teaching tongues were of the devil. Now, I never even heard of a tongue before I attended that church, so I really didn't care. I didn't even question that what they were teaching was wrong because I didn't care about tongues. But one day I was reading the Bible, and in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul was talking about what we are to do when we gather as the church. And at the bottom of that section of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, I believe it's verse 39, Paul said, Covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. I was so shocked because I was attending a church that certainly would forbid tongues and they were teaching tongues were of the devil. I told my best friend at the time, I said, well, I can't go back to that church. And she said, let me see that. And she took my Bible and read it, the King James Version. We went to her house where she had many versions of Bible. We read it and every version it said the same thing, forbid not to speak with tongues. And she said, well, I can't go back to that church either. See, that real Christians are not going to go against Scripture. I have an aunt who attended Church of Christ all her life, but at the end, before she died, she told me, I know things are wrong at the church. I didn't know these messages at that time to tell her to come out of those churches, as I would do today. If you told me today, I know things are wrong at the church, I would say, leave that church. Leave that church group. You can't go to a place where they're teaching things that are not in the Bible. But I didn't know that message at that time, and my aunt said, I know that things are wrong at the church. But she didn't leave the church. She stayed there. Later, after she had died, God gave me a dream where I was looking at a row of bassinets with babies in them. And the bassinets, the babies were horribly deformed. And I knew it was babies in the church who had eaten polluted doctrine for many, many years. And they were terribly deformed in the sight of God. I got to the end of the row, and there stood my favorite aunt. She was probably about 45 as I saw her in the dream. She was probably about 45 years old, a fully grown woman, but on her face were all these really horrible-looking spots and blemishes. I knew it was my aunt and that she hadn't left that church. Even though she knew it was wrong, she stayed there. But she had the Spirit of God. She had been taken into heaven once, and she told me about it. And she said it was all golden. She had had supernatural experiences with God, even though she attended Church of Christ, where you wouldn't tell people supernatural experiences because they wouldn't believe. I mean, they don't, they don't like things like that. I uh, would tell them if I were there, but they wouldn't let me talk to them anyway. Anyway, when I attended a little Church of Christ about 1995 one day, 
there were it was a Sunday school meeting and the pastor was speaking to the group and the first mistake I made was calling him pastor. And then he informed me he's not a pastor and I said, Well what are you? And he said, I'm called a minister. Well in I should have left at that moment, but I wasn't mature enough to leave. But Ephesians chapter four, after Jesus arose, after the crucifixion and resurrection, says he gave gift to the church, verse 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's totally proper to call yourself a pastor. It would be totally improper to call yourself Pope. That's not in the Bible, all that stuff that those Catholics do. Archbishop, that's not in the Bible. But to call yourself a pastor is totally scriptural. And yet this man said, I'm not a pastor. I said, what are you? He said, I'm a minister. And I said, oh, okay. Well, today I wouldn't say, oh, okay. I would say, well, why aren't you a pastor when Jesus gave pastors to the church? And some churches teach there are no apostles' prophets today. Well, that's wrong. Ephesians 4 proves that. After Jesus was crucified and arose, he set up the New Testament church. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4. You see, you go by that if you're a real Christian. And if they teach anything else, you leave them when you become mature enough. There are periods that we go through when we're just not mature enough to really recognize what's going on. But we grow into the things of God as we do the scriptures and love the scriptures. But even as a baby Christian, I saw that scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, forbid not to speak with tongues. I didn't stay in that church. I left it. You just can't stay there with the counterfeit Christians. You can't do it if you're a real Christian. Narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and Jesus says, few there be that find it. Why, you have to give up your whole social world to leave that church. I did. Every time I left the church, I gave up everything in order to leave it. All my friends were there. It cost me everything. Few will do that. Few will find the way of life. Most explain it away. So many people have come across my path saying they are Christians. Some were there for a day or two. I speak something to them and they leave. Some have been there as many as 39 years and then leave. Usually, they stay a while and disappear. These are the Antichrist. What happens is this. If they're around me long enough, I usually see them kind of go dead. They seem to have life at first. The excitement they first had vanishes, and they grow cold and depart. That's exactly what Jesus said would happen when he spoke in Matthew 24. He said in the last times that many, because iniquity abounds, the love of many, and I think that's the love of many for the word of God, would grow cold. He said the love of many would grow cold. 
But those that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's in Matthew 24. Some are obvious to me from the beginning, and I know they love their church, but they do not have the Spirit of God. It's a social life. It's the being respectable that they love, appearing to be respectable in the eyes of other people. Mostly they love the association with the people who are at church. I find very few people who attend churches actually demonstrating that they have the Spirit of God and that they are hearing from God by His Spirit and following God. And most of them are embarrassed when I tell them, no, God showed me to do this. They love to praise your flesh. They love to tell others what you are doing, but they don't like it when you say, no, no, I did this because God showed me to do this. They don't like that. These are church people. They want to praise you, but they don't want to praise the Spirit of God that's in you. Those are the counterfeit Christians. It is the Spirit of God who identifies the ones who are really of God. They often try to copy the people that they consider to be spiritual, but they aren't spiritual. Kenneth Copeland testified in his public meetings that the way he became a minister is he was a pilot for Kenneth Hagin, and he began to think, well, I could do that. So he shut himself up into his garage and memorized the tapes of Kenneth Hagin. And then he started preaching and became extremely famous. I don't see the Spirit of God there with Kenneth Copeland. And in fact, once God even told me in 1982 that he is Antichrist, naming him by name. There are many Antichrists. They don't have the Spirit of God, yet they rise to great fame and fortune in the ministries. Well, I'm speaking primarily to, to church people right now about this. There are few people in churches, in the congregations, who have the Spirit of God. There are few people that are led by the Spirit of God who demonstrate it. And those are the ones you want to watch for. Those are the real Christians. In the book of Jude, he said this was going to happen in the last days. He said, Beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you there should be mockers, and that's copiers. What they do is they copy those persons who seem spiritual to themselves. Jude says in verse 18 how they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. They join a church. Some are even baptized in water. But they do not follow the Spirit of God. And when we watch for this long enough, if we have the Spirit of God, we're going to see them. These are the counterfeit Christians. They're everywhere. And what I do is when I spot them, I continue, if I'm around them, to speak the Word of God as given me. 
toothing. But then I just leave them alone, let them go. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, there would be perilous times in the last days. And he said, and he's talking about the churches. He said they will have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They deny the power of the scriptures to rule over them. They deny the power of the Holy Spirit. They may even say there is a Holy Spirit, but they deny the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them. I've seen all of this type of thing. When I see it, I just leave them alone. Usually, they'll depart from me because the word that I speak drives them away from me. And they want no more to do with that. But I just let them go. I've learned to just let them go. Don't try to hold on to them. Don't try to keep them with you. Let them go. Or just leave them alone. Depart from them. This is Joan Boney speaking. I have recorded most of the scriptures in writing for you that I've spoken today. You can see those scriptures in writing by going to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Tap on the word podcast on the right-hand side of the page, and it will bring up today's broadcast. You can hear this again if you care to do so, and you can read the scriptures as you listen to the broadcast. Again, this is blog's name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.